All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, chance, stop! Stop! And it's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night as you're lining up for a dinner trail. Way to go, gang. And the zone, Sikora kicks it out, got it back near side of Korea. Korea, the fans want one. Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Seguin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 4, Episode 30 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. It's playoff time, boys. Woo! Uh, I should say boy. <laughs> Beebs is not here. Uh, what? We had to record while he was at work. Our schedules just didn't line up again. But Beebs, as always, gave us some information uh, beforehand. All of the uh, all of his playoff picks, at least through the first round. Uh, and his eventual Stanley Cup champion as well. So we'll get to Beebs' picks uh, as we rattle through. Uh, pretty simple format to this show. We're going to run through all the first-round matchups, uh, break them down a little bit, talk about who we think is going to win. Uh, it's a little bit shitty that Beebs isn't here for the one fact that me and you seem to be on the same wavelength here. Yeah. So there's not going to be too much that we disagree on where Beebs is a little bit different than us. Uh, yeah, but well, we can at least talk. We about can where still talk from, from both sides yeah. uh, of the matchup. Um, if you guys missed it, 
Uh, I have an Eastern Conference preview up on dailyfaceoff.com right now. Um, B, or Dylan will have uh, the Western Conference preview up later today, uh, so keep an eye out for those. Uh, obviously, Daily Faceoff podcast is brought to you by Odd Shark, and we will be talking Ooh. to Chris Abbott uh, again later in the show. Hey, Chris. Uh, we're going to break down the games with Chris um, for more of a betting perspective, kind of look at the odds for every team winning, who he likes, uh, who he doesn't like, and then uh, what his favorite bet is for uh, the first round. Um, so let's get right into it. Let's start with the Eastern Conference. We will start with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Wild ball. Um, obviously, the Lightning tied an NHL record for 62 wins. Um, put an bit, asterisk. Put an asterisk, asterisk next to it. Uh, <laughs> when the Red Wings had 62 wins back in the day, ties were still a thing. So yeah. uh, the six shootout wins that Tampa Bay had. Uh, a little bit suspect. So the Red Wings still the best team yeah. in the NHL history. I think the Wings had like five ties that year or something like that. Yeah, they had like 13 regular regulation losses. They were Crazy. Ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, so Lightning, historic. Uh, you've got Nikita Kucherov, most points ever in a single season by a Russian player. Yeah. Uh, the Lightning, the best power play over the last two decades. That's as far as I went back. Yeah. Really, who cares after yeah. that? Um, and it's not even close. I think they're the best power play over the last two decades by like at least one and a half percent. Um, and that's like talking about Ovi in his prime just ripping bombs in 09 yeah. uh, when they had like 25%. Still not good enough. Doesn't hold shit to the Lightning. Uh, season series this year, very lopsided <laughs> in the Lightning's yeah. favor. Uh, they went 3-0 and against the Blue Jackets, outscored them a whopping 17-3. to uh, On the other side of things, you've got the Blue Jackets who loaded up at the trade deadline, uh, played some pretty good hockey down the stretch, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky was lights out 6-1-0 and with a 150 goals against average, 947 save percentage, and three shutouts in his last seven starts of the season. I know. All, all the pieces they went on got, and it's the one that's leaving that, uh, yeah. <laughs> that got them there. Yeah. And uh, the, the Blue Jackets went 14-8-1 in 23 games after acquiring Matt Duchesne on February 22nd. Tied for third in the NHL over that stretch. Um, yeah, well, a lot of that has to do with that last. I mean, well, yeah. last seven games. It's they a different really did do anything. Right? Yeah, just playing five hundred hockey until Bob really turned it on. So, uh, yeah, kind of interesting to see what they're doing. It looks like they're gonna roll Panner and Duchesne Atkinson uh, to open up the series with Dubois, uh, Zingle, Anderson, I believe, yeah. making up the second line. Uh, I still love Columbus's top twelve in general. Like their fourth line is uh, as Solid. good. Yeah, as good as any fourth line in the league. They've Except got a lot of. <laughs> yeah, maybe they got a lot of depth up front. Uh, but obviously just don't have the star power or really the capability to handle uh, Point and Kucherov uh, and then, you know, Stamkos and uh, whoever he's playing with, Palat, on top of that. So uh, uphill battle to say so, uh, or to put it lightly for the Blue Jackets. Yeah, and uh, realistically though, if there was one team, I mean, there's obviously a couple, but if there's one team in the first round that matches up pretty well with Tampa Bay. I would say it was Columbus because, like you just alluded to, really good top 12. All four lines are pretty solid. Yeah, um, Their blue line's pretty good. But Broski obviously can be a world-class goalie when he feels like it. <laughs> In the playoffs, hasn't been when he's felt like it, obviously. <laughs> but the Lightning do so much damage on the power play. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of things, the Blue Jackets have the best penalty kill Um in the NHL, actually tied for the best penalty kill in the NHL with the Lightning, <laughs> who are just ridiculous all the way across the board. Yeah. Um, but 
They also don't take a ton of penalties. They're one of the most disciplined teams in the league. So if they can stay out of the box and not let that top unit of Tampa Bay do damage uh, like they have all season, that's that's their only recipe for success really at this point. But at the end of the day, Andre Vasilevsky, as good as Bobrovsky is, Vasilevsky's better. Yeah. Uh, Vasilevsky's playoff numbers are decent. 268 goals against average, 919. Uh, save percentage of 29 starts. Not the same for Bobrovsky since being uh, traded to Columbus. Uh, five and twelve with a three thirty seven goals against average Ooh. and eight ninety eight save percentage in seventeen games. Yeah. The they've had some tough playoff matchups. Uh, Absolutely. But obviously, you need better goaltending, especially if you're going to have any chance of being the Lightning. I think they're going to have a hard time taking a game, mm-hmm. let alone the series. Uh, if they want any chance of winning the series, you have to win that first game. You have to take a home ice advantage back uh, from the Lightning. You got to at least split on the road. But I think winning that first game would go a long way. Uh, not just towards their confidence, but maybe towards the Lightning's confidence. And yeah, because I'm sure put a little bit of doubt in their mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure the Lightnings are just totally expected they can go in, do what they do, and they'll come out in four games with the win, which is what I expect to happen. I got Tampa in four. Uh, it's really hard to look at it any any other way. Uh, it's hard to imagine this series even going six games. It's obviously a possibility. It, it starts in net with Bobrovsky. He's going to have to be awesome. Uh, but you know, to me, the the real kicker with Tampa and uh, as opposed to making a, a run into the uh, being a playoff team, making a deep run in the playoffs, as opposed to just you know uh, some of those President's Trophy teams we've seen flame, flame out early uh, over the last five or six years uh, is is Vasilevsky. I just think that's just such a huge uh, advantage to have you know arguably the best goalie in, in the league behind what is clearly the best, the best eighteen skaters. So. Uh, it's just almost not fair, you know, it, where if they have even the slightest of an off night that you have Vasilevsky back there to bail them out. Uh, it's really what makes it incredibly difficult uh, to imagine any team beating them in a seven-game series this year. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like I said, I don't know if anyone's going to do it. I certainly don't think it's going to be Columbus. And I think it's going to be pretty lopsided, that 17-3 to goal differential in their three games. I think pretty telling, obviously. Spells disaster. For yeah, me. yeah. Obviously, Bobrovsky is getting hot at the right time. Uh, but yeah, it's hard to pin, uh, you know, the hopes of them winning this series on goaltending when Vashlevsky's sitting in the other yeah. net. So, uh, I have Tampa in four. I don't think it's going to be a close series at all. Uh, if it is, it's going to, you know, Bob's going to have to put up a 950. He's going to have to stand on his head. Uh, I have Tampa Bay in five, uh, just because I think that Bob can steal one. There's going to be one, two, one game maybe. But when I looked at it this morning and when it came down to actually putting Real dollars on this. <laughs> I did take Tampa in four. The odds um, on the sweep are nice right now. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, betting Tampa to win the series, not uh, no value there at all. They're such heavy favorites to even just win the Stanley Cup. Uh, but if you want to put money down for them to take the sweep, I think it's like plus uh, 450 or something right now, which they have. If, if you, there's any team in the NHL right now that's capable of sweeping a first round matchup, it's Tampa Bay. Yeah. Pretty good value there. So, um, I'll say Tampa Bay in five, but when it came down to actually putting money down, I really do like betting them to sweep. Uh, Beebs also has Tampa Bay in five. Uh, let's move to the next series. Really important to you, uh, but we're actually on the same page on this one. Uh, Boston versus Toronto. Uh, Boston obviously beat Toronto in seven games last year. Uh, right, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> but the Leafs added a couple pieces this offseason. A couple. Uh, I don't know if you remember, they signed John Tavares, pretty good hockey player. Decent. Um, and then they traded for Jake Muzzin midseason, two pieces that they definitely did not have last year. Uh, if you remember, 
last year. They had Thomas Placanic going yeah. up head-to-head against the Bergeron line. He actually did a really nice job, but I would much prefer uh, John Tavares and Mitch Marner uh, if I'm a Leafs fan or if I'm Mike Babcock. Yeah. So uh, second year in a row, we'll see these two teams go head-to-head. Yeah, we can't mention those additions without also mentioning they lost Tyler Bozak and James Van Riebsdyk yep. as well, uh, which I think is a lot of people are forgetting this year, kind of looking at, obviously the Leafs had a disappointing second half of the season. Uh, but a lot of people are questioning how this team is right at basically the same spot they were at a year ago with having added Tavares and then Muzzin midseason. Uh, but, you know, losing JVR and Bozak was going to be very tough to replace. Yep. So obviously, getting Tavares completely offsets that. Uh, but, yeah, like that, you know, that was the depth that they had before. Kadri hasn't quite excelled uh, as, you know, they might have hoped in, in a third-line role, whereas Bozak and JVR were productive all season. Yeah. And they were on the first power play unit too. So, uh, and obviously, you know, you still like the team on paper a lot better uh, this year. I think they match up pretty good with the Bruins. Hasn't really worked out that way so far in the regular yeah. season. Uh, but it's nice that the blue line's healthy. I think it gives them a real fighting chance here. As close, uh, as much of a toss-up as any series in the first Absolutely. round, I think, Toronto-Boston. Um, the one thing that the Maple Leafs need to do if they want to win the series is obviously slow down Boston one. Uh, killed them last year. Passion Action's absolutely destroyed this team. Yeah. Um, the three of them combined for seven goals and 12 assists, 19 points in four games this season. Mm-hmm. Not ideal. Um, and yeah. then going back to game one of last year, uh, David Pasternak has 11 goals, 11 assists in 11 games <laughs> against Toronto. Yeah. He's just destroyed them. They Certified also, Leaf killer, yes. David Pasternak. They uh, need to slow him down, uh, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it before the show. On paper, like the Leafs match up pretty good with the Bruins because they just need really, uh, they need the top line, even the top six to break even with the top six of the Bruins. And then it's really going to come down to that third line with Kadri, Nylander, and Marlowe. They should be able uh, to do some damage against the third line of the Bruins, third and fourth line of the Bruins. So that's the real advantage for Toronto. Kadri's going to have to play well if the Leafs are going to have a chance. Babcock said it himself yesterday. Uh, yeah, it's going to be close, man. It's going to be close. The one thing they really need. Is just awesome. Matthews needs to put the fucking puck in the net. It's what it boils down to. He hasn't yeah. been great. I'm not worried about Matthews. He'll, no, he'll be great. he should be fine. Like, but the last two years, the playoffs, he hasn't done a whole heck of a lot. Uh, but he, uh, it, he, he was pretty big in that series versus Washington in his rookie year. He, uh, he scored okay, what would have yeah. been the or he scored the tying goal that forced him to the team. But it was uh, he, he played pretty good. He's never really like he's always been a factor in those playoff series. Uh, but he could be he is legitimately to me the difference maker in the right. series but the thing outside of Frederick Anderson obviously needs to be fantastic but if Matthews can dummy that Krejci line which is very difficult to do Krejci's been great at 5v5 all yeah. year but if they can get it done yeah. um, that's how they win the series I also think well that's the thing I was big series as yeah. well he's, he's just been snake bit it seems all season Obviously, uh, a tumultuous season for him with all everything that was going on with the contract. Yeah. And he's going to be playing with Kadri, uh, even though he's looked really good with Matthews the last few weeks. I, I really do think it's Babcock looking at the matchup, and he just thinks that third line, uh, winning their matchup is just so crucial to yeah. winning the series. So I think he's really just trying to beef up the third line a little bit. Kadri and Nylander looked great together earlier in the season. Uh, the one thing I will speak to, uh, Matthews really struggled on the road last year in the Boston series, and that was because whenever Bruce Cassidy could dictate the matchups, it was a hard match with Bergeron, uh, Martian, and Pashnak. Should be the case Matthews. this year. Will not be the case at all, really. Or if they do, they're going to leave Tavares exposed, right? So I, I think it just sets up for Matthews to easily deliver three or four goals in this series, yeah. kind of hit his quota. Uh Marner and Tavares should be fine. They've done well in difficult matchups all season long. Uh, I really think they can, if not break even with the top line, at least get close enough where 
Hopefully Matthews versus Krejci offsets that for the Leafs. Uh, Goaltending is going to be a big part of it too. Freddie hasn't quite looked like himself. Uh, Boston has probably two top 10 goaltenders in the NHL this season in Halak and Rask. 896 save percentage for Anderson in the series last year too. Yeah. So he needs needs to be good straight up, obviously. Uh, That's a big part of shutting down that top line too or shutting down Pasternak is making sure he doesn't shoot 35%. So Yeah. (laughs) The one thing... that is good for the Leafs. One of the most disciplined teams in hockey this year mm-hmm. definitely comes into play in, in the postseason. Especially when you're playing against Brad Marchand. Yeah, they definitely need to keep doing that because uh, the Bruins number three power play in the NHL this year. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, uh, when I wrote uh, my article yesterday, my preview, I was in on Boston in seven. The more I've thought about it over the last 24 hours, I keep tossing and turning uh, over this this series. I'm switching my pick to Toronto in seven. Yeah. Um, they also provide some of the best value, I think, if you want to bet on winning, uh, who's going to win the series. Yeah, a lot of money when I'm they're, Boston they're, early. They're, absolutely. The and they're just, the Leafs are such a good team to get that. Like, we're talking about, like, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but you've got, like, St. Louis and Vegas, who are two very good teams um, in, in their respective matchups. Yeah. And they're even money as, as uh, the road team, mm-hmm. where the Leafs are legitimate underdogs. And are probably the best team out of the, t- the three that I just mentioned. So if you can get them, uh, I think they're at plus 135 or 125, something like that right yeah. now. It's great value. Yeah. Um, It'll be a really interesting series because, like, to me, on paper, this should be the type of team that the Leafs are built uh, to be. Like a top six yeah. heavy team uh, where their depth should just play out. It really hasn't played out that way this season. Uh, obviously, last year was a, a bit of a different start without having Tavares or Muzzin, but... Uh, you know, sorry if we're coming at this with a bit of a Leafs perspective. It's kind of the way it goes when you. Yeah, I mean, if, if you <laughs> want to look fan. at it, if you want to look at it from the, the Bruins' perspective, yeah. um, it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, you talked about how the Leafs need to win that third line matchup. Yeah, the same goes for Boston if they want to win this series. Uh, they need Charlie Coyle. They need Marcus Johansson to be really yeah. good. I, I think. I think at, on home ice they're going to use the fourth line. Uh, yeah, Pirelli, oh, for sure. Achari, Wagner. But that's what I'm saying. If they get, if they get against uh, Kadri, yeah. If they get that. Coyle Johansson line out against uh, Toronto. Yeah, Ford. or even a mix. Like, yeah, yeah. The, and the least fourth line has looked really good lately, too. I don't know how much of a factor they'll end up being. Uh, but your fourth line has to play in the playoffs, right? Like you, and they've got some nice Especially when you push in OT. To, games. If yeah. somebody has an off game, they can bring in a Nick Patan or whatever and, and see what happens there. Yeah, yeah. Goche, for whatever reason, has looked, Steps. He's, Steps he's looked awesome. His confidence as much as anything else. He looks a lot better with the puck. Uh, but you need your fourth line to play, especially in overtime when you push in two or three periods. Talking about playing 80, 100 minutes, you're going to need. To be able to throw your fourth line on the ice and to at least be able to survive. Yeah. Uh, so much that's going to be interesting. The much maligned Toronto blue line right now, finally fully healthy, looks as good as it has yeah. uh, all year this year and in years past. Right. I mean, having uh, Gardner, Dermott, Muzzin, Zaitsev, Riley, Hainsey, that's yeah. a it's pretty solid top six. It's definitely not great, uh, but it's as good as it's looked all year. It should be good enough with the, the forward group that they have. Uh, and Muzzin's looked awesome since, well, basically since Gardner went down. Uh, he's back now, but uh, Muzzin really stepped up uh, in his absence. So that just, you know, bodes really well for the Leafs. Uh, didn't look too great uh, kind of adjusting uh, to their system the first, you know, 15, 20 up, games. Yeah. So who do you got? Toronto in seven. I, like Same I said, I, it's going to be close. I cannot pick the Bruins over the Maple Leafs. My, I just cannot, no. cannot let myself. Uh, could certainly see that it happen. Obviously, I think it's going to as much of a toss up as uh, any first round matchup. If I pick the Leafs, that means that there's a there's a good chance they can win this series. Like I, you know, I'm obviously against the Leafs on most occasions, but in this one, I just I can't do it. I just really think they've got such a good chance to yeah. beat them. Uh, 
Beebs does not feel the same way. Beebs has Boston in six. Basic. So he's uh, he's feeling <laughs> he's feeling like it's gonna end yeah, in basic, Toronto. Uh, but let's move on. We've got Washington, Carolina. Uh, Washington uh, obviously won the Stanley Cup last year. Carolina making the playoffs for the first time in yeah. nine seasons. Um, this is a tough matchup for for the Hurricanes. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, they did not fare very well against. The Capitals in the regular season, Washington won all four meetings, outscored the Hurricanes 15-9. to uh, Not a great matchup for the Hurricanes, but I've got a few interesting stats on the Hurricanes here, and yep. I'm going all in on Carolina in this one. I've got Carolina in seven. Um, I'm probably going to be on an island on this one, but uh, before the Hurricanes acquired uh, Nino Niederreiter from the uh, Minnesota Wild, they were 22-19-5. Tied for 17th in the NHL. They were averaging 2.70 goals for and 2.91 goals against. After the Nino Niederreiter trade, they have the third best record in the NHL. 24-10-2. 3.31 goals for per game. 0.6 more goals per game than they were averaging without it. Mm-hmm. And the goals against is down 0.5 to 2.42 goals against per game. Probably a little bit of coincidence... But we've always loved Nino Niederreiter. We think he's great. He's a phenomenal 5-on-5 player. He fits into that mold of a, just a fantastic 5-on-5 uh, team that the Hurricanes have been over yeah. the years. Finally got it done this year. Uh, and if you look at it, we've talked about it many times before. Washington is not a good 5-on-5 team. Mm-hmm. They kill you on the power play. The Hurricanes should be able to carry this series at 5-on-5. Five five. It's just a matter of how good Braden Holtby can be. And obviously, the big question mark for the entire season for Carolina has been their goaltending. But Peter Mrazek uh, has been fantastic uh, down the stretch. He is a winner of 13 of his last 17 starts with a 183 goals against average and a 938 save percentage in three shutouts. Uh, that's a really good run over 17 games. Also, Morazic, when he was with the Red Wings, uh, he was 4-6 in 10 career playoff starts, all against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, but the Red Wings just couldn't score. Yeah, He had a 188 goals against average, a 931 save percentage, and three shutouts. Three shutouts in just 10 playoff games. Many of those games, he just obviously stood on his melon. Yeah. Uh, literally stealing games for the Red Wings. So, if he, he could be a factor in this series, uh, I... Didn't like what I read the other day. Uh, Rod Brindamore basically said he doesn't know who he's going to start in game one. He has a feeling he's going to use both goalies. Uh, that scares me a lot picking yeah. Carolina, but um, I think Mirazic can be great. I really think this is going to be Sebastian Ajo's coming out party. Uh, as good of a year as he's had, he nobody knows who he is still because he plays in Carolina. They're never on TV. Now he's going to get a chance against the uh, former Stanley Cup champions. Everyone's going to know who Sebastian Ajo is after the playoffs, I think. Um, I like Carolina. I just, I, up until last year, the Capitals were playoff chokers. Now all of a sudden they win one Stanley Cup and it's, that's just over. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> but if, does it really erase 10 years of just not being good in the playoffs? I mean, obviously it does a little they had bit. some but, deep runs on top of that, but a lot of times they just ran into Pittsburgh in the second or third round, right? It's tough. But I, to me, this is a very interesting series because, like you said, Carolina one of the best 5v5 teams in the NHL. Uh, they rank third in scoring chance 4 percentage, second in course of 4 percentage, and fourth in high danger chances. Yeah. 
so very, very good team at 5v5. Where Washington, underwhelming across the board at even strength. 18th in Corsi 4 percentage, yeah. 49.4. Yeah, they get out shot, they get out attempted, they get out chance at 5v5. But they have the best PDO in hockey, and it's not all luck. Uh, when you have Alex Ovechkin on your team, Evgeny Kuznetsov, TJ Ochi, a lot of very skilled guys, a lot of sharp shooters. Uh, so it's really going to come down to the Hurricanes goaltending. You have a little more faith in Peter Mrazek than I do. Obviously, I don't love Curtis McElhaney's uh, chance of standing no. up against Alex Ovechkin in a seven-game series. Uh, and I could say the same for Mrazek. I just think they're going to get beat by Holtby at the end of the day. Uh, and then, you know, special teams, obviously, that goes heavily in the Caps' favor. So. It was a little bit surprising, though, this year. Uh, the Caps only ranked 12th in the league, 20.8 uh, conversion rate on the power play. Yeah. But uh, they not were not as good as they've been uh, over the years, but still. Still uh, a very, the, the, very the, solid. And, uh, I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, Tampa Bay kind of reaching new heights this year. So, yeah. uh, 20.8, normally a very strong mark. Would normally have you in the top five uh, on most years. Uh but the one thing to me that's kind of big is that power play was consistent all season long. Really no serious dry spells, and that's to be expected when you have Ovechkin out there. Ovechkin, too, has, just, has been playing the full two minutes for like oh, the yeah. la- better, ma- better part of the last month now, gearing up for the playoffs, sticking out with both power play units uh, like the good old days. I expect that's what we'll see in the playoffs all the way through. Um, so, yeah, I just... I. I I, you want to get on the train, but you just can't. Yeah, like the analytical side of me, like loves Carolina in this matchup, uh, but at the end of the day, like the optics of it, it's just I, I can't really see them doing it. Uh, you know, I think they do very well to get this series to six or seven games, considering uh, they're zero and four against the Capitals mm-hmm. this season. Two, yeah, the crucial losses down the stretch where they needed to win. Yeah, and like I said, I, I would have been a lot more on board if they didn't just yeah lose two games to the Capitals last week or two weeks ago that they really needed to win. Uh, whereas the Caps are kind of settled at that point. So, uh, yeah, it's really hard to kind of get past uh, the optics of it, despite all, you know, the even strength numbers lying in Carolina's favor, uh, simply because, you know, we've seen Carolina better part of the last two seasons now outshoot, outchance their opponents pretty desperately or pretty uh, drastically at 5v5, and it just hasn't all that mattered. Not a ton of finishing uh, touch on that team quite yet. So, I think that's going to be the case here again. I would ex- expect them to outshoot the Capitals on most nights, but I think the goaltending combined with you know having Alex Ovechkin on your team is going to prove to it's be too good. much. Well, I was talking to you about it. It's it's hard to as a goaltender as a team to play six or seven games uh, against the Capitals and not just get beat by Alex Ovechkin in at least one of the games yeah. on his own, right? So I I think you kind of, like the Capitals are almost starting the series with a game or two uh, in the hole, and they just kind of got to battle it out for the extra three games. It's hard for me to imagine Carolina really putting it all together, and I can't really picture Peter Morazic standing on his playoff stud, bro. No, I just I'm I'm basically just all in on Peter Morazic. Yeah, here. yeah, uh, that's what it comes I think down there to. There could be a little bit of Stanley Cup hangover. Obviously, we talk about how hard it is to do it two years in a row. Yeah, does it mean that they're gonna lose in the first round and whatever? Like they could just run into Tampa in the conference finals and then yeah. lose there. But um, I just. I, I'm all in on Peter Mrazek. Uh, you've got Washington in what? Six? Six, yeah. Uh, Beams has Washington in five. Very little faith in the Hurricanes. But the good Peter Mrazek shows up, this game's going seven. Or the series is going seven. If the bad Peter Mrazek shows up, this game's over in full. Yeah. So it's a, it's a toss-up. I'm all in, though. He's been great down the stretch. Great in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I'm going to look like an idiot probably in a couple weeks. But hey, I'm all in. Uh, let's go to the final series in the Eastern Conference. We've got the... New York Islanders um, hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins. A bit surprising. Uh, 
just a phenomenal turnaround by the Islanders uh, from last season to this year. Last year they were 35, 37, and 10. Yeah. Missed the playoffs by 17 points. In the summer they lose John Tavares, <laughs> but they did bring in Robin Lehner and head coach Barry Trotz, and that I guess has been enough to overcome yep. the loss of John Tavares and almost win the division. And Leo Komarov. Yes. Oh wait, of course. Can't forget Leo Valtteri, Filippola, uh, all those great players. But uh, their success last or this season is in large part to their save percentage. Uh, but they've been a more defensively sound hockey team under Barry Trotz as well. Uh, they were dead last in scoring chances against per sixty mm-hmm. and high danger chances against per sixty last year. Uh, and their goalies turned in a fairly reasonable nine seventeen save percentage of five five, which is just too much to overcome. Uh, under Trotz, though, those numbers have improved. Uh, they're only they're giving up three less scoring chances against per sixty and uh, almost two full high danger chances against per sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously you've got Thomas Grice and Robin Lehner who tied for a league best nine thirty seven five v five save percentage and the fewest goals against overall two thir- uh, two point three three goals against per game yeah. least of any tandem in the league. Yeah. So they've been phenomenal defensively, but they don't have John Tavares anymore. They don't really score. At all, uh, yeah. goals for per game this year, just 2.72, 22nd in the league, yeah. uh, down from 7th overall last year. So they're literally just a totally different team uh, than they were last year. But we talk about it on the show constantly, how much goaltending is just total voodoo. And I just don't think you can be that reliant on goaltending, especially against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I don't think there's that big an advantage there either. You look at what Murray's done since the new year. Since January 1st, he's put up a 925 save percentage and a 2.49 goals against average, right? So there's really not that much uh, of an advantage there. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You bring up the Islanders scoring. I'm really kind of interested, interested to see what Trotz does with Barzal this series. He's been very hesitant to kind of let him loose. Uh, all year long, even dropped him off the first power play unit towards the end of the regular season. Just so, hasn't been great this year. Yeah, you needed him to take the next step. To, well, I mean, honestly, I think he's been good, good, but you know, just, like I said, I think the reins have just been on him a little too tight, and obviously he's had less to play with. I think that was kind of expected, at least the drop in the power play production with Tavares leaving. Um, but the one thing I would say is, at least at five v five, they really seem to have figured out uh, kind of their top six formula. That top line. Uh, right now, which is Anders Lee, Barzal, and Jordan Everly, yep. uh, really has just been dominant at 5v5 uh, since they've been together. I think it's a little bit under 200 minutes together, but you know they're over 35 scoring chances for, under 25 against. Uh, so very, very strong numbers that pretty much mirror that of Crosby and Gensel at 5v5. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup uh, to follow. Uh, but you know, I, I think best case, if we're looking at that, uh, or at this series from a matchup perspective, best case for Islanders, those two lines break even. Right? Yeah. You can have Barzell break even with Crosby. I just don't know and how then you go down the lineup, you got Melkin. That Bukestad line has looked incredible for yeah. the last month or so. They broke it up for whatever reason, but I don't think we'll, we'll see that back together probably pretty quick. I would imagine so. I just I, I can't put a lot of faith in the Islanders uh, outside of that top line. I, mean, I know. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how Brock yeah. Nelson slows down Evgeny Malkin. They use that fourth line way too much. Yeah. And like they're just not going to score goals. I mean, Casey Zizekas has actually had a great year. Uh, but they're just not going to do enough against the Penguins. Uh, I, I wrote in my preview yesterday, Robin Lehner could legitimately play just as phenomenal as he did all year. Yeah. And they could lose 2-1. Like, on every... They could get swept 2-1 every single game, like, even if he plays phenomenal. They just... I don't think they have the firepower. Like I said, if you look at what's been happening, you know, since the turn of the calendar year, January 1st, Robin Lehner, 930 save percentage, Matt Murray, 925. So, really not that big. 
uh, of a difference at all. I don't think it's going to end up being too much of a factor. Uh, we've seen Murray play very, very well in the yeah. playoffs before. Uh, so This one's tough for me when it comes to trying to peg exactly how many games uh, Pittsburgh's going to win this one in. Yeah. Like, you want to give a little bit credit to Laner and yeah. maybe Grice if he plays too. I have I have Pittsburgh at six. Yeah, that's the same I got. But I think that they have outside of Tampa Bay, they have the best chance of sweeping a series. Like they could just go in and absolutely dust. Yeah, the in the East, or we're talking overall. In the East, sorry. Yeah, like, like yeah. I I have more faith in Carolina and Toronto winning the game than I do the Islanders for sure. Um, season series though they split it correct two two yeah two two Pittsburgh outscored them twelve to eleven in those games so uh, tighter than you might imagine pretty sure a lot of those was, games came two, earlier it on it was two um, two high scoring games right. and a two two one game right. so it kind of shows what could happen here if it, you know if it turns into a track meet though the Islanders are just they're gonna get just done yeah I don't, at the end of the day like Pittsburgh is just not the best regular season for them but they've just been priming up for the playoffs uh-huh. making sure everyone's healthy. I, don't, I still don't think there's anyone in the league who looks forward to matching up seven games across from Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Melkin. Oh, no, I thought. Even at this point in their career. And they got so. Phil Kessel on their third line right now. So, yeah. I mean, they're about as deep as they get um, yep. in the East. Uh, yeah, the one thing you just pointed out, I don't think they've played each other since like December 7th or 10th right. or something and like that. That's pretty this Pittsburgh's year. come a long way since then. Yeah. Uh, we would have expected the Islanders to fall off <laughs> back at that point, but hasn't happened, obviously. Just did not happen. But uh, yeah, so we both got Pittsburgh in six, and Biebs has Pittsburgh in seven. Yeah, so he has a little bit more faith in Robin Lehner and the Islanders, but maybe Barry Trotz too. But yeah, hey, you, you know he's seen a lot of the Pittsburgh Penguins over the years. Maybe True. he knows how to get it done. Um, Did it last year? Yeah, a little bit less skilled team up front, but uh, let's <laughs> let's take a look at the Western Conference. All right, let's start with Calgary, Colorado. Um, yep. Neither team really. We don't really know what the goaltending situation is going to be for either team. Uh, it looks. Like, you would imagine it would be Grubauer for Colorado. He's been way better uh, than Varlamov down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more uncertainty uh, in Calgary. Uh, looks like it's going to be Mike Smith. He has been better down the stretch, but David start, Riddick's just yeah. been way better all year. Maybe it's an experience thing. They could win the first game like 6-4, and then Riddick comes in and plays the second <laughs> game, right? Yeah. So, yeah, going to be interesting. Yeah, like Riddick uh, obviously hasn't been as good as he was at the start of the year uh, down the stretch. And then I think like the experience just really plays into a coach's decision making, uh, for better or for worse, uh, when it comes to the start of the playoffs. But yeah, practice yesterday, Smith was in the starters net for whatever it's worth. Uh, still a couple days away from puck drop, so can't read too much into it. Uh, but it's hard not to when you know there's a bit of a I don't want to call it goaltending controversy, but as big of a question mark in net uh, as any series or as any team, I guess heading into the playoffs. I guess the one way you could look at it if you're Calgary is say, hey, look at you. We sh- on paper, we should absolutely win this series. Let's go with the guy who's got experience uh, in the playoffs. Hopefully it works, and if it doesn't, you turn to Rennick in game yeah. two, well, and they, you've got it. You still got a really good chance to win the series. I know they could, they could, like, like I said, they could win a game or two with shaky goaltending, and then still opt to go to Riddick. And uh, you know, they it. It's a nice luxury to have. They almost should be able to kind of take this series to figure it out and see which goalie really runs exactly. with it. They should be saying. able to win this series with mediocre goaltending. Um, you know, unless Grubauer really stands on his head. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen there in Colorado. It's gonna, obviously a very, very difficult matchup for them. Uh, when you look at a team uh, with, you know, Colorado, a very top-heavy team. 
uh, halfway through this. It looks like they're going to get Rantanen back for game one, which is huge for them. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do because they started to break them up even before Rantanen got hurt. I would have, you know, me personally, I'd put that top line back ha- together. I think you have to as well. You just, you just go with them, man. Like, hopefully <laughs> they're yeah. good enough. But, uh, you know, it's just such a brutal matchup for them because, uh, like I said, we're halfway through the season, we're talking about, like, it's the clear-cut best line in hockey. Uh, and then, you know, their production falls off, injuries happen. Looking at the other side of the puck is another contender uh, for the best line in hockey in Monaghan, Goudreau, and Lindholm. And then the blue line they have behind that, all the depth they have behind that, that second line's amazing. Yeah, like, uh, just such like a tough match of Colorado. I feel like that second line can match up with Colorado 1 and play them pretty well. And yeah. then, you know, Calgary 1, Calgary 3, just going to kill the depth. Yeah, even the fourth line. Like yeah. the, we well, got the fourth line uh, Hathaway, Derek Ryan, and, and Manjupane. Yeah. Mangiapani. Mangiapani? Is that where we're going with? It is. No, I heard it on a broadcast one time. And okay. I looked at him like, very phonetically is how you pronounce this guy's name. Like, as phonetically as possible. But, there you go. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't see, I just don't see the Avalanche really standing much of a chance in this series. It's hard to, it's, it's hard just, to. Their depth has just been the issue all along. Um, I will say that, you know, Comfort um, and Kerfoot played very well down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry's on a heater entering the playoffs. That top line is as dangerous as it gets uh, when they're on. Um, I'm going to give Colorado one game. I'm going to say Calgary in five. Uh, it is always tough to go to Colorado and play at altitude, so I think Calgary might drop one in Colorado. But yeah. outside of that, uh, it's not going to get back to uh, Colorado. So I'm going to give Calgary the edge here in five games. Uh, what about you? I, yeah, I, I think if we're trying to you know paint uh, a path to victory uh, for the – for the Avalanche, uh, that top line has to go off. The power play has to be awesome. Uh, you know, and there's some credence to that. Uh, Colorado, I think the sixth or seventh best power play in the league this season, uh, whereas the Flames, a very middling penalty kill. Uh, they're sub 80%. So uh, if you're looking for any sort of advantage for the Avalanche, I think there it is. Uh, but again, obviously the Flames with a very strong power play in their own right. So yeah. it's hard to even give... Uh, Colorado the advantage on special teams, but they're going to need to score, uh, you know, upwards of seven, eight, nine, ten power play goals in this series. Yeah, if we they saw Grubauer do this last year, played really well. Chess gets to start for uh, Washington, and ends up. Yeah, we don't like to play the narrative too much, but it's really hard not to think of that, that exact scenario happening again. And in as far as Avalanche power play has been over the course of the season since the calendar flipped to 2019, they're 24th. Right, not surprising with the injuries. Uh, the injuries, yes, yeah, so yeah. 16.5 percent uh, over that span. So, I just, I don't know. I just don't see it happening. Uh, Beach has that in six. Who? Calgary, that is. Okay, yeah, I wasn't Calgary. sure how Homer He's going against his team. Yeah. Uh, he's got Calgary in six. Two even wins. he can't pick. Uh, can't even pick Colorado. Give him two wins, though. Uh, you have him in five as well? Yeah, I got Calgary in five, yeah. Okay, let's move along to a series that should be much closer. Uh, we've got San Jose hosting the Vegas Golden Knights. This is going to be a series. This yep. is like, this is the... Boston, Toronto of the of the West, and it's going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams really good. Uh, the Golden Knights not quite as good as they were last year, even though I think that they're a better p- team on paper. They had a lot of crazy shit going on last year. Yeah. Um, the addition of Mark Stone met. has been um, outrageous. Yeah, Fleury's been healthy-ish for most of the season. Subban played well while he was hurt, but Fleury's ready to go. Um, yeah, that, and let's stay in net here for a minute because that's where it all starts and ends uh, for the San Jose Sharks. Martin Jones has just been atrocious yeah. uh, all season pretty much. Uh, 
you know, he he used to be a guy we could look at and be like, ah, you know what, he's fine. He's going to be league average, 9-14, save percentage, whatever. That's just not been the case this year. He's, right. He... Since and league January average isn't nine fourteen anymore, but it's like nine oh seven, I think, this year yeah. or around that. And we're talking about a sub nine hundred guy. So if you want to go back and look at uh, when Jordan Bennington took over in St. Louis, just to use it as a frame of reference, um, you've got since January first, Martin Jones tied for fourth in the league in wins. Yeah, the goalies above him, their save percentage nine thirty, nine twenty seven, nine thirty three, nine fifteen, nine twenty eight. Martin Jones' save percentage over that span, 895. Brutal. So he's been horrible. The Sharks are still winning. So yeah. I guess the question is, do they have enough firepower to overcome shitty goaltending? I just don't see how you can win a playoff series with an 895 save percentage. Yeah. You just can't. It's going to be Especially tough. against a quality team like the Golden Knights. I would much rather have see Eric Howla healthy uh, for them. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Cody Eakin, not the best third-line center, but their top six is as lethal as any in the league. Mm-hmm. The addition of Mark Stone has been uh, fantastic, as you would expect. Uh, I, I'm all in on Vegas in this one. Uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of the public will be on San Jose. You know, it's hard to look past a team that's got Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Logan Couture, Timo Meyer. They, they're, they're loaded too. But the goaltending, I just, you need a goaltending in the playoffs. It's like the... the Oldest story in the book, and mm-hmm. they just simply don't have it. And it's not like Aaron Dell has been that great either. So if they decide to go to him, I think they're screwed. Flurry, I think, will be you know have a save percentage twenty points higher uh, at minimum than any Sharks goaltender yeah, in this it's, series. It's interesting because Flurry struggled for the longest time in the postseason. Yeah. He had a really bad stretch in between uh, you know the cups in oh uh, eight oh nine and fifteen sixteen in Pittsburgh. Uh, and even 15-16 wasn't very good. That was the Matt Murray year. 16-17, he kind of took it back a little bit. He had a 9-24 save percentage. And obviously last year he was amazing uh, in that run of the cup final. Uh, so maybe a bit of, more of a question mark than people are leaning on is Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, especially kind of the concerns surrounding his health going into the, the playoffs. Uh, you know, I would obviously... Uh, be picking San Jose in five or six games if we were even talking about Martin Jones versus Malcolm Subban. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's the biggest advantage quite clearly for uh, the Golden Knights is in net. Assuming Fleury is healthy and able to go and play at you know uh, his normal rate. Um, so going to be a very interesting series. Uh, yeah, you know these two teams went two and two over the regular season with Vegas outscoring them eighteen to ten. A couple of lopsided victories. Yeah. That's what happens or what can happen uh, with the Sharks' goaltending. So it's gonna be an interesting one. Uh, I would not be surprised if that's kind of how the way it plays out. San Jose kind of etching out some close victories and uh, Vegas maybe getting ahead up big and early uh, a couple of times. So I, it's hard to imagine this series going anything less than seven games. Uh, I actually have San Jose clutching it out. I just love that top nine group. The blue line, obviously, as good as any in the league. Uh, and Vegas has just been a little bit underwhelming, even with Stone. Uh, you know, not quite where the production you would expect, and adding you know one of the best players in the league uh, to the team. So, and I think it comes down to that first line too. Just not quite obviously where they were last year uh, at this point. Uh, I don't think you can really rely on them to go out and go blow for blow with Pavelski, Couture, and Meyer at this point. So That line's been outstanding. Yeah, so I 
The addition I, of Gustav Nyquist has been huge for the Sharks, too. Yeah. He's, been, he's been really good. Yeah, and I would kind of expect Joe Thornton to dummy Cody Eakin at 5v5. Think uh, so? I think that's a very good matchup for the Sharks, and that's where the you know the series really starts to lean in their favor. But it's going to be about the goaltending. Uh, <laughs> I my thing, Martin Jones is crazy. I just feel like he's got to give them, we're talking seven games, Martin Jones, he's got to give them at least... 905. <laughs> <laughs> got to be at least one or two games where he gives you above average goaltending, right? So you make sure you win those two games, you scrape out two of the other five, uh, and there's your path to victory right there. I think that's how it happens, because he does do that. He just randomly turns it on. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's why they've held on to him for as long as he can. He has flashes of brilliance. Uh, Just normally doesn't last too long. But uh, I would kind of expect him to have at least one or two games like that. Uh, He's a very inconsistent goaltender, but that could actually work towards the Sharks' favor uh, in this series. Uh, So I think if they can get Jones to even not quite steal them a game, but, you know, at least maybe uh, if they ever get outplayed, if they can get at least one of those victories from Martin Jones. Uh, It's a big if, obviously, but we're not asking for a lot. We're just asking you to be a little bit better than 900. (laughs) The one uh... league average. Please, Martin Jones. That's all they need. Uh, yeah, I just think they're just so much better built with their 18 skaters up front. You know me, I, it's hard to put too much into goaltending at all. Obviously, big advantage for Vegas there. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the 18 skaters as opposed to the one guy in net. Hopefully, Jones can pull it together for at least two or three games. Uh, and we'll see after that. Beebs is with you. San Jose at seven. All three of us have it going to seven games. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I just want to mention before we move on to the next series is the Sharks are coming in, not playing their best hockey. They've lost nine of their last 12 games coming into the postseason. Um, getting everyone healthy, too, though. Like a very injury-riddled lineup. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're getting Carlson back. They're, Pavelski they're, back. They also, uh, and then if you, you want to look at it, too, since the trade deadline, uh, Vegas, the eighth best record in hockey, 11-5-2. and two. Uh, Over that same stretch, obviously, the Sharks not quite as good being the losers of nine of the last 12. They yeah. went 8-9-1 on uh, their final 18. Yeah, I just think I would like Vegas so much more if they just swapped those top two lines and just gave Stastny, Pacioretty, and Stone the usage that March So Smith and Carlson have seen right now. And you can see that happen in the playoffs. Maybe they'll realize that as well. Uh, the one crazy factor in this game is also since the tra- uh, trade deadline. Vegas, 29th in the NHL in penalty kill. 73.8%. Just two spots ahead on San Jose Sharks, 27th worst, or 27th best, I should say, uh, penalty kill, 76%. So, uh, if either one of these power plays starts clicking, uh, we know they're both pretty good, this could be a high scoring affair, especially yeah. with Marty and Ned. Yeah. And it's, not Marty uh, Burton. <laughs> it'll be a pretty fascinating series, I would say. Yeah. If Jones, for whatever reason, ends up putting together three or four pretty solid games, you could easily see San Jose running away with the series, yeah. right? So. That's why I like the Sharks. I just think they just need what like, the smallest right. amount yeah. of, uh, of Jones. You know, yeah, exactly, to make it happen. So that's why I, I like the Sharks in seven. But it's going to be close. Uh, let's move to Nashville versus Dallas. Uh, Dallas is the only wild card team to have won a game against the team that they're playing in the first round yep. this year. Uh, I still think they lost the series three to two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, three, uh, Nashville uh, won the series three to two. Uh, goal differential is even at fourteen apiece. I just, you know, the one thing that's been so crazy is that Dallas has always been known as this high-scoring team, give up a shitload of goals. And this year, Ben Bishop went healthy, just been outstanding. Anthony Dobin's been great yeah. when Bishop's went down. We talked about this on last week's podcast. He was my, Bishop was my number one goalie in fantasy hockey this year uh, in relation to his AP. Uh, that's all great and all. They've looked great when Matt Zuccarello's been in the lineup for the two games that he's been in. Uh, they're averaging like five goals per game. Uh, but it's a pretty small sample size. 
Obviously, their top line, uh, not together like it, it used to be, but that only usually lasts one period, then they're back together, then the next one is gate, they're split up again. It's going to be an interesting series. Nashville, uh, especially their top line, just so dominant, 5-on-5, five five, but legit just an absolutely horrendous power play. So, uh, I personally lean towards Nashville. Uh, at the start of the year, I picked Nashville to be in the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm not going to steer away from that. I think... You know, as good as Ben Bishop's been all year, Pekka Brene, just as phenomenal, if not better. Uh, I just think there are too many holes in the Stars lineup uh, to really get it done for seven games against uh, a stacked Predators lineup. Arguably one of the best blue lines in the NHL. Um, you know, Austin Watson back in on the third line definitely helps. Yeah. Uh, they're just they're just loaded. I mean, you got Wayne Simmons, I think, playing on your fourth line right now. They're just loaded, and the Stars aren't. I mean, they're, they're going to rely super heavily on guys like Rupe Hintz, um, Taylor Fadoon. Just not they're, – they're just on paper. They don't stack up against the Predators. Do you see it going any other way? Uh, no. You know, the, the thing to me that uh, if, you know, I'm looking to give the Stars any edge at all, obviously – uh, you love Ben Bishop and goal, but the Predators have been pretty underwhelming on the power play. Oh, terrible. For the better parts of, I guess, three or four years now. Uh, dead last in the NHL this year at 12.9%. You know, it's really inexcusable when you look at the talent they have on that team. Uh, you think adding Wayne Simmons to that mix would help that a little bit, and it just has to? Well, they're... They, Since the I trade deadline, thirteen or 25th in the NHL power play percentage, 13.2%. Yeah. They got Philip Forsberg and Wayne Simmons on their second unit. So they really try to balance up the units, and I just don't understand why they haven't really like just, Subban, you see just front, like, front load a unit. Like, it's not working. You're the worst in the league. So this is really where I think uh, Nashville's going to have a hard time going far in the playoffs if you can't convert on more than every nine power play attempts. Yeah. It's going to be tough sledding against the very best teams in the league. Maybe they get away with that with Dallas. I, I think they should be able to. They're one of the best even strength teams in hockey, uh, quite obviously. And then the goaltending, very, very solid. Even with how good Bishop has been, it's hard to imagine them having uh, that huge of an advantage there over Pekka Rene. Um, so yeah, I got Nashville in six simply because I think special teams plays a big factor in this series and you know will be something to follow for the Predators' entire playoff run. It's going to be very tough to win a Stanley Cup uh, if you're just only scoring on 30% of your power play chances. Uh, so something to watch for sure. Dallas, 7th uh, best since the um, trade deadline. Power play is clicking at 22.4%. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got Nashville in 5. I just I just don't think they have enough firepower. Uh, you know, Nashville, Nashville will just suffocate you. Uh, they'll play kind of a, a slow game. Uh, they have the, the, you know, they have the guns to score. For sure. Uh, but I think they can keep this low scoring, which, you know, Dallas obviously is okay with now because they have good goaltending for, for once. But uh, I just think that, you know, there's, there's going to be a couple 2-1 games and, yeah. and, and Nashville is just going to be able to suffocate yeah. them. I, like, I, yeah, I would not be surprised. Like, this is the one upset I, I would kind of uh, pick. I didn't end up going with it. Like, I, it's hard to pick against the Predators. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, even if they can kind of keep uh, – you know the if the games are, do end up being low scoring, I think they could really end up working in Dallas's favor. Especially you know you get a power play late, uh, third period overtime. Uh, you know Bishop, he's got to be really really good. But it, you know if you can get Bishop to kind of just keep the game close, stay healthy. I mean yeah, <laughs> you gotta stay in the series. Yeah, if, but I you know if again if we're talking about paying a path to victory here, it's Bishop keeps the game even at five v five, and then Dallas has the edge at special teams, yeah. and that's how they win the series. So it's not all that far fetched. 
uh, you know, playing in Nashville, not the easiest thing to do. No. Uh, not with Tim just popping off all the time. Tim McCraw. Can Bishop get through it where they keep telling him that he sucks? I don't know. Has he got the mental... He's got to get scored on first. <laughs> what do you got, Nashville in five or six? I got Nashville in six. Nice. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be close. Though. Nashville in five. Uh, same as me. Let's move to the final series in the Western Conference, and then we will uh, go through the rest of our bracket to wrap things up. Uh, but Winnipeg, St. Louis, uh, this is a series that we both like St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, we've been in on St. Louis for a long time. Uh, really hard not to like them the way they're playing right now. Jordan Bennington, better win rookie of the year. Just been outstanding. Um, since his first start on January 7th, the kid is 25, t- sorry, 24, mm-hmm. 5, and 1. Mm-hmm. Over that stretch, first in the league with a 1.83 goals against average, tied for second in the league with a 9.30 save percentage, also added five shutouts and 30 starts. Just been ridiculous. Um, I mean, it's hard to rely on a kid that's never played in the NHL playoffs, yeah. but uh, he's just been so good that you can kind of ignore it, uh, in my opinion. Sure. Uh, I think that this is going to be a hotly contested series. I think it goes deep, uh, but... The Jets are just so bad at 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, we've talked about this many times uh, on and off the air. We kind of don't can't really fathom it considering um, you know they were so good last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that Shifley line's basically been an even strike punching bag uh, for the better part of the last couple months. I saw mm-hmm. a tweet not too long ago. It was like, Mark Shifley's last 20 games, he has like a 41% Corsi 4 rating. I don't even... I, I don't even think Cody Eakin could do that poorly. Uh, so... I've got St. Louis in seven. We obviously love the Shen, O'Reilly, Tarasenko line. Uh, you know, anytime they're getting out against that Shifley line, according to the numbers, they should absolutely dummy them. Yeah. Um, so, I've got St. Louis in seven. I just think that that, that top line is just too good. Um, you know, we talked about it last week, how Sunquist has really given them a solid second line uh, with Shorts. Schwartz and Perron. Perron's been fantastic as well. Yep. Bozak, obviously very comfortable being a third-line center yep. uh, with Maroon. Uh, a lot of the same reasons we mentioned uh, why we liked them last week uh, coming up again. I just, I'm just i all in on St. Louis, uh, not just in this series, but for the playoffs. Uh, they're fantastic. Uh, I'm Team Bennington. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning, too, the Jets actually won uh, the season series 3-1. to one. Outscored them 18 to 10, but these two teams haven't played since December 7th. Uh, so that was a full month before Bennington took over as the full time starting goalie. So, uh, you know, it's hard to take uh, those games or the record for what it is. You got to really consider the goaltending the Blues were getting at the time and where the Blues were at as a team at the time. They've obviously come uh, further than anyone uh, over that stretch. So I love the Blues here. Uh, you know, everyone loves picking on, on the Jets, especially at 5v5. Uh, you know, they get much like the Capitals, they get out chance, they get outshot, uh, you know, come out on the wrong end of high danger chances, uh, somehow scrape by, uh, thanks to, you know, above average goaltending, above average shooting, and then a strong power play. But I just think the Blues are very well built, uh, to counter all of that. Uh, again, we're putting a lot of stock in a rookie goalie being as good as he's been, but it's hard to look at Bennington and expect anything else. Uh, so yeah, I really like the Blues. Just in general, I think they got a great chance at going two or three rounds deep. Uh, and I definitely like them to beat the Jets. Uh, I'm going to say seven games. I'm 
wanted to lean towards six, but it's hard not to give the Jets a little bit more credit than yeah. that. Uh, Home ice, not an easy place to play either. Yeah. It's going to be a very fun series to watch, yeah. though, for sure. Well, th- th- these matchups are phenomenal. Um, it's worth mentioning, too, that Connor Hellbuck really hasn't been as good as he it was uh, last year. Uh, 24th in the league with a 9-13 save percentage uh, to go along with a 2-9 goals against yeah. average. He just really hasn't been great. A lot of that obviously has to do with uh, the Jets' sudden struggles at 5v5, um, you know, reflecting on him a little bit, but... Yeah, I think Hellebuck's still quality enough to get you know. Yeah, they still have the eighth best five v five save percentage in the NHL. So uh, Hellebuck's struggling a little bit on the uh, penalty kill, and then as well with Bressois being as good as he was uh, for that fourteen or fifteen games that he pitched in with whatever it was for the longest time, a nine thirty or nine forty save percentage probably drove that up a little bit. Uh, so I guess what we're getting at is the Jets are a little bit fortunate to be in the spot they are. They really haven't played that great of hockey this season. Uh, and they've gotten by. I just think the Blues at this point are really a hard team uh, to fake your way through a seven-game series and just rely on your sharpshooting and your power play to bail you out. Uh, a little bit better built than, say, the Carolina Hurricanes to counter that. Yeah, it's crazy to think, too, that they were last place in the division, um, and then since January 1st, best record in the NHL, yeah. 29-10-5. Yeah. Uh, over that same stretch, Winnipeg, six, or 18th best record, 21-18-3. Um, so... You know, Winnipeg over the course of the season, the home team and the favorite in this series. But uh, if you just look at the last, the body of work over the last couple, three months, uh, the Blues have been fantastic. Yeah, even their penalty kill since Bennington's, it's up to 85.6 uh, since Bennington took over as a starting goalie. So obviously, <laughs> having good goaltending uh, will do a lot for your penalty kill. Yeah, third, third best uh, penalty kill in the NHL yeah. so again, since January 1st uh, to go along yeah. with a uh, pretty. Eighth-ranked power. Yeah, even with the home ice advantage, I think the Blues should win this series. But uh, just keep in mind, we're basically betting on a rookie goaltender to continue to drop a 925 save percentage and be as good as he has. Uh, I don't even know if he needs to be quite that good, but he needs to be above average, obviously, to win the series. Uh, Which, from everything that he's shown us so far this year, he's completely capable of, even against a sharpshooting team like the Jets. So I really like the Blues in this series. I think they're going to match up really well against the Jets. They've probably been itching to play them since December 7th when they got their new team in order, so... Uh, you got him at seven. I got him at seven. We're all in agreement. Beebs, St. Louis in seven. So, Boom. Uh, maybe a little bit of... So they're getting swept, for sure. Maybe a little bit of Blues <laughs> bias on this podcast. Uh, we've liked them for a long time. But, okay. So, we'll, we'll start with you. Let's work your way uh, through the bracket. You've got Calgary in the first round, or in the second round, facing off against the Sharks. Who yeah. do you like in that matchup? I actually like the Sharks in that matchup. Uh, you know, I think, it's, it's, again, it's going to be a very close series, but as far as matchups go, if we're talking about the second round in the Western Conference, I actually think Calgary is pretty good for them. It's another team with questionable goaltending and a very strong 18 skaters up front. Uh, so I think that's a very good matchup for the Sharks. Uh, and I'm, you know, I think that experience just ends up getting them through for whatever it's worth. I think it's going to be, a, it would be a very tight series if that's what ends up happening, Calgary, San Jose. Uh, and I would just give the slightest edge to the Sharks. Uh, then you've got Nashville beating Dallas and St. Louis beating Winnipeg. Who do you got winning that second round match? I like St. Louis in that matchup. I think St. Louis can play the Predators even, or if not, get you know the better of them at five v five. And then, like I said, I think special teams. You know, the Predators are just going to be outmatched. Uh, as they make their way through this bracket, and I think that's really where it happens. Again, this is all assuming Bennington Plays keeps well. playing but, you know, as good as he's been Jake playing. Jake Allen is still pretty solid too. Uh, he's, you know, if we're talking about Martin Jones being able to, you know, at least carry his team to the conference finals, if for whatever reason Bennington falters, I think Allen is solid enough to at least give them a chance. Yeah. Uh, just like Jones can. Obviously, we need Biddington to play very well. Yeah. If he comes in and posts even just a nine fifteen in the playoffs, I think that they are, they, they go on a pretty deep run. Yeah, obviously. I just think yeah, I, I think the Blues are kind of 
they're they're built to kind of run through this Western Conference yeah. right now. I think Vegas is one of the teams that would give them as much uh, much of a hard time as anyone. Uh, so I think kind of starting on the opposite side should bode well in their favor. Hopefully Vegas isn't there by the time if the Blues were to get to the conference finals. I know I'm putting a lot of stock in the Blues, uh, but again, we're talking about the best team in hockey since the turn of the new year, so I don't think yep. it should be that crazy that I have them over the Predators, especially when the Predators are just so, so bad on the man advantage, uh, where the Blues have been you know well above average since, uh, again, since they kind of put everything together. So, so who's coming out of the Western Conference? San Jose or St. Louis for you? I like St. Louis there. Like I, Again, I, I think you know San Jose... Obviously has a bit of an edge if we're just talking about the skaters up front, but I don't think it's that far off. I love the Blues' top nine. Uh, I think they can capable of going close to blow for blow uh, with San Jose, and then I gotta give the edge to a pretty heavy edge to Bennington over Jones, just based off what we've seen this year. Uh, so yeah, I just think it works out really well for St. Louis if they can get past Winnipeg. Yeah, uh, there's a chance they get buried in the first round, but if they can get out of the first round, I really like their chances of making a run to the Cup final this year. It's crazy. Uh, I was gonna let you do your entire bracket first, yeah, and then I was gonna do mine, but I might as well just intervene sure. here. We're Almost identical. The only change is I've got Vegas over San Jose, like I said. Right. And then I have Vegas over Calgary yeah. as well. See, I think that's uh, a pretty tough matchup for them. Because that was the other thing I was going to say. Even if Calgary makes it to the conference final, I really like that matchup for St. Louis again. Uh, as good as Calgary is up front, I think St. Louis is capable of going... Uh, I don't want to say blow for again, but they're, you know, they're capable of matching up uh, with them. And then obviously... Uh, you know, I just think with the question of goaltending, that's just another really strong matchup. The Vegas one, I, I a little bit, you know, scares me a little bit more yeah. too. I still have St. Louis coming out of the West, yeah, uh, beating Vegas. You know, I thought I was gonna be one of the lone people to really be all in on St. Louis, but I'm not surprised that you are. We've been yeah. all over St. Louis. Yeah, we I literally talked about it pre-show last week. Yeah. We're like, oh man, next week is gonna be just a St. Louis love fest. Yeah, uh, but like you said, if you look at where they are in the overall standings. They don't look like a great team. Yeah. They're legitimately the best team in hockey for yeah. the last three months. Yeah. Not not that far-fetched. Let's move to the East for you. Uh, obviously, you've got Tampa Bay beating Columbus yeah. and the Toronto Maple Leafs beating the Boston Bruins. Do you have your Leafs getting by the Lightning? Listen, I, I think the Leafs have as good of a chance as being the Lightning as any team in the league in a seven-game series. I just think... Uh, Whenever those team plays, it turns into a track meet, and that just bodes really well for the Maple Leafs. They're capable of beating any team in the league like that. Uh, that being said, I obviously got to pick Tampa to win that series. It's hard to go against them. They have, you know, uh, quite clearly the more rounded team than the Maple Leafs at this point. But I think that's a scary matchup for the Lightning if it happens. Uh, obviously, you've got Washington and Pittsburgh. Very familiar matchup for both teams. Yeah. Uh, very different results over the last few years. Who do you got winning this one in 2019s and so on? I'm going to give it to the Penguins. Uh, again, I, I just think it comes down uh, to the play at 5v5. Crosby and Gensel have been so good all season. I, they should be able to just uh, not dominate Ovechkin at even strength, but certainly get the better of him and Backstrom or Kuznetsov, whoever he's with. Uh, and then as good as Carl Hagelin, Lars Ellen, Brett Connolly have been, uh, I do like the, the Penguins step a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. And then you got Melkin on the second line. So slight edge to the Penguins there. I'd love to see that series again. I'd never get tired of it. No, um, it's great every time. Yeah. And then uh, you got Tampa beating Pittsburgh. And then who do you got taking it all? As much as I would love to pick St. Louis here, uh, gonna have it's look, if we're lining this up and we're trying to, you know, go through each matchup logically, you're not going to 
ever come out uh, with anyone but Tampa Bay on uh, the side of whatever matchup they're in. So, uh, yeah, I got the Lightning going all the way and winning the Cup. <laughs> Not that far-fetched. Uh, at least my Western picture is a little bit exciting anyway. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's just so hard to imagine Tampa losing to any team in the league in a seven-game series. No, yeah. Could obviously happen, uh, you know, but... I'm Again, much, it's just I'm, you have that. It's almost like you have that get out of jail free card in Vasilevsky and yet, yeah. uh, where even if the team falters for a game or two, which we haven't seen all season, by the no. way, but even if that does happen to have one of the best goaltenders in the league uh, to bail you out, yeah. it's, it's almost not even, even just fair. their third, fourth line, their third pairing, like, is so good. Like, yeah. we talked about this a couple weeks ago, too. It's like when the Flyers tried to make Braden Coburn a number one defenseman, that went horribly. But yeah. as a number three, he's just fine. Even yeah. Dan Girardi playing with Hedman, Girardi looks fine. Yeah. Like, They've just been able to just hide all their players' inefficiencies yeah. and become just a phenomenal team. Yep. Uh, from the East, I have literally the exact same bracket for the most part, except I did take Carolina to beat Washington in the first round. Yeah. Uh, but I do not have them getting past the Penguins. Uh, much of the same reasons you just said. Uh, the reason I like them against Washington is because they're so much better at 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, the Penguins, much better 5-on-5 five five team. Yeah. Uh, than Washington is, so they won't give the Penguins as much trouble as they give Washington, in my opinion. Um, but even if, and I would definitely not be surprised if Washington wins that series, uh-huh. um, I agree with you. I think Penguins over Washington in the second round. Uh, but boy, oh boy, you've got Tampa Bay, Boston, or Tampa Bay, Toronto, and then Washington, Pittsburgh in the East in the second round. Just phenomenal. Uh, and then again, I've got the Lightning beating the Penguins in yeah. the conference finals. And again, the Lightning beating the Blues. I kind of think every, everyone wants to see them put it together too. They've been like very, very one of the best teams in the league for the last three or four seasons yeah. now. Uh, I think just with how good they've been this year, I don't think anyone would really mind seeing them go all the way. Uh, Let obviously, unless your team's in the way. But yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone would be too bummed out about Tampa lifting the cup at the end of the year. They've been that good this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite clearly the best team in the league. So it'd be nice if it works out and plays out that way in the end. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's not the worst route for Tampa. You know, they earned that kind of cushy matchup with Columbus in the first round. Uh, Boston, I, I think they have a very, very clear advantage over Boston. Like I said, whenever they play Toronto, it turns into a track meet. So it just cool. seems like whenever they play Toronto, though, Vasilevsky just I know. plays like a god. I know. That's because he's Andre Vasilevsky. Yep, that's, just... that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? Even when Tampa maybe struggles defensively even a little bit, you have that backstop there. Just so good. Yeah. So that's... We saw them against Washington that one. They made like 54 saves. Yeah. Just like they had one of their worst games on back-to-back. It just... Stood on his head. Yeah. Stood on his head. Uh, so yeah, very neat. You are very similar uh, brackets. Uh, both of us have Tampa Bay versus St. Louis in the finals. Uh, Tampa Bay ultimately winning. Yeah. Uh, Beebs is a little bit different. He did not send me his entire bracket, but he does have um, the Sharks coming out of the Western Conference, be- you know, beating Calgary and then eventually beating either Nashville or St. Louis. Not sure who he picked. Uh, but he has them coming out oh, in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. Uh, then he has Boston and Toronto, or Boston and Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay beating them. I'm not sure what the other side looks like, but he has Tampa Bay as well, eventually making it to the Stanley Cup Finals. However, he has the Sharks winning in Game Seven in Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, Martin Jones riding all the way to Stanley Cup glory. Uh, so a little bit different. All three of us obviously have the Lightning going to the Stanley Cup Finals, not that bold. Uh, but maybe we'll get uh, some different pictures from Chris Abbott of Odd Shark after the break. Uh, Dylan, it's <laughs> been fun. Uh, I can't wait for the playoffs to start tomorrow. Uh, 
it's going to be just a great postseason. This is the most fun time of year. Uh, obviously, I'm a little disappointed that the Red Wings haven't been here now for a couple of years, but they'll be back in the meantime. Um, you know, go Leafs, I guess. At this point, I picked, I picked them for now, but I'm all in on the Blues. Let's go Blues all the way. Yeah. I got a fantasy draft tonight. Really excited for everybody to not be on the Blues and me just pick all of them and then just run to the championship. Um, but... Maybe I'll be like those guys. They, got, they just got to get Joseph, Joseph in the third round. Or they just got to get out of the first round. Yeah, that's their hardest matchup. But anyways, enjoy the Blue Stones. We will talk to Chris Abbott after the break. Uh, break this all down once again uh, from a little bit more of a betting perspective, though. So, uh, again, enjoy the Blue Stones. Enjoy the playoffs. Me and Dylan and hopefully me will be back uh, next week to talk uh, more puck. Maybe take a look at what, where we went wrong here in the first round. But should be you know, a very exciting first round. So, uh, enjoy the Blue Stones, enjoy my conversation with Chris Abbott, and see you next week. Playoff preview episode of the Daily Faceoff podcast. I'm now joined by Chris Abbott of Odd Shark. How's it going, Chris? It's going great, Brock. And I'm sure, much like you guys are, I'm really excited to get things going finally tomorrow night. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, it's always kind of an interesting time, whether it's the start of the regular season or start of the playoffs. Uh, whenever the new matchups or the goalie images start appearing on Daily Faceoff, we get the schedule up. I get all antsy. I've been going through all the lineups for the playoffs and stuff yesterday and today, so I'm, I'm geared up and ready to go. All right, sounds good. Well, I'll try and match that intensity. <laughs> sounds good. All right, well, let's jump right into it. Uh, we're going to break these games down from a, from a betting perspective here. Uh, we'll start with the Eastern Conference. Um, probably the most lopsided first-round matchup is Tampa Bay and Columbus. Uh, how do you view this matchup? Sure, and, I, and I'm looking at these from a series perspective right now rather than you know game ones in each series. So the Tampa Bay Lightning are a minus 450 favorite to win the series, which is absolutely huge. And for good reason. They handled Columbus pretty easily most of the way through the season. But from a betting perspective, when I look at the Columbus Blue Jackets at plus 325, there's a ton of value to be made there. Like, even if you threw down 10 bucks, you know, you, you could get, you know, almost 50 back kind of thing. So it's, uh, it's worth looking at. I mean, Sergei Bobrovsky had seven shutouts in the second half. His save percentage was 924, just a little bit behind Vasilevsky's at 926. Um, Both teams have injuries to key defensemen, and this, I think, is where Columbus is going to get in trouble. We probably don't need to get too far into this series. Something about this, maybe the gambler in me wants to take a little bit of money on Columbus, but, I mean, I think Tampa Bay wins this series in five, and there's probably not much in the way of betting on the series. In order to make profit, I would look more at individual games, 
Tampa Bay had the number one power play in the second half. Columbus had the number one penalty kill. The individual game totals are pretty high right now. I think game one is a six and a half. So I might look at the under in something like that. I think this series might be a little bit, a little bit more low scoring than people think. Yeah. Uh, one thing we talked about a little bit in the first half um, was that you can bet on not only who wins the series – but also who wins the series and in how many games. Uh, is that something you ever look at doing? Because that was one way I was looking this morning is you can maybe find some value on Tampa Bay, whether it's, uh, like you said, in five games or in a sweep, or do you kind of avoid those altogether? Uh, you kind of pigeonhole yourself with those. But, I mean, in a series like this, I think, you know, it, it's hard to lock it down. But if you took them in four and then you took them again in five, I think that's a pretty fair bet. I haven't seen the value on those, but I would assume it would be closer to like minus 150, minus 120, and maybe even plus in some places. And that's one thing, Brock, too. Like the numbers in this Tampa Bay minus 450 at uh, Bodog Bovada, I'm looking at, and I know Sports Interaction and some other places will have different numbers. So it's always important to shop around and see that you get the best price possible. The odds aren't always the same at individual sites. Yeah, I think at Sports Interaction, if I'm not mistaken, I saw um, Tampa Bay was like plus 350 or something uh, to, to win in a sweep, which I was a little bit surprised at how much value there was there. Um, so it's like we're almost guaranteeing that Tampa Bay wins this series. I mean, they're such heavy favorites, so you got to try mm-hmm. to find some value somewhere. Um, yeah, game plus that, 350 is amazing. That would be definitely something worth looking at, I think. Uh, the one series that we've talked about, probably the most so far on your uh, your appearances on the podcast is Boston and Toronto because we knew it was coming. Uh, you said you put money down on Boston a couple weeks ago. I think you said you got him at, what, minus 125? Yeah, it was, it was minus 125. It's moved to minus 135 where I'm looking right now, but I still think this is a phenomenal place to make some money. The Bruins have won seven of the last 11 games with the Maple Leafs. They've won three of the last four games at TD Garden. The Bruins were phenomenal on home ice anyway this year. They lost just 11 games total, nine in regulation on home ice. So this is a team that is just built for the playoffs. I actually like them maybe to upset Tampa Bay in the second round. We can get more into that in the coming podcast. But the Boston Bruins at minus 135 against the Leafs. Look, Boston's rugged. They've got good goaltending. They've got that mental edge already over the Leafs. And the Leafs are fast and they're skilled. And I don't know, you've got a lot of hockey guys, so there's probably some wrestling guys out there, but they're soft. S-A-W-F-T. The Maple (laughs) Leafs are soft, and that's what's going to cost them in this series. It's funny because I was all in on Boston, um, you know, all week, all for the last month, pretty much, and there was just something today, I just, I kind of turned. I I, I suddenly like Toronto in this series. I just think that they were able to push them to Game 7 last year with not as good of a roster. I think they can get it done this year. I think it's at least going to go the distance. And in Game 7, anything can happen. And I kind of, you know, there's all these other series that seem just as tight, um, but the money is even where the Leafs, you can get them uh, as a bit of underdogs. So there could be some value there, especially if you're a Leafs fan, throw a couple bucks and hope for the best. But... Um, I know you love the Bruins in this one. I think uh, I, I just, it's going to be such a fun series to watch again. Well, Will, and you know what? We're almost guaranteed this to go to seven games, right? It'd kind of be a shocker if it doesn't, just the way that things have gone between these teams over the past few years. But again, Boston, home ice, game seven, ghosts of the TD Garden. Yeah. I know not a lot of the players left from the Leafs of that horrendous collapse back in, what was that, 2013? Um, but... You know, I, I just think Boston's got a better group here. I think Tuukka Rask is going to outplay Freddie Anderson. 
I think Boston's defense is much better than the Leafs' defense. I will give the Leafs an offensive edge, but I don't think their top guys have the grit to go to the areas they need to to be successful. But, hey, we'll see. Yeah, we'll uh, get gets underway in a couple days, and then we'll really see how the Leafs, which Leafs team shows up, I guess. Um, we'll move along now to Washington and Carolina. Um, Dom Lucision of The Athletic put it um, in an interesting way. It's basically the kings of shot quantity versus the kings of shot quality in this one. And, I mean, you can't ask for a better matchup. It's going to be pretty good. I like Carolina in this one um, because they're such a good 5-on-5 team and Washington isn't. How do you look at this matchup? Well, it's funny. Uh, when I look at all the first-round matchups, this is the one I like best for an upset. So I'm with you. I like Carolina. I got them at plus 135 to win the series. In the second half of the season, Carolina's 22-9-0-1. That was the fourth best record in the entire NHL. I think if they can get by Washington, the defending champs, obviously, that's going to be tough. But the Caps have been a bit Jekyll and Hyde this year, and and you talk about not knowing which Leafs team is going to show up. Sometimes you don't know which Capitals team is going to show up. I mean, if they get a bunch of power play opportunities, then they're going to have success. Braden Holpe's going to be good. But there's something about this Carolina team, isn't there? There's something... Yep. almost magical about them and I really like the way they play they're, they it's almost like they're young and they don't know any better and they play hard and they play tough in your face I think Peter Morazic and Curtis McElhenney are having career years and they're playing for Brindamore and there's a renewed love of this team in rally and I, I like them as an upset I actually did a video earlier today where I said if there's a sleeper team that could go on a Cinderella run and win it all it would be the Hurricanes at plus 2,500. So, you know, and they've got Mr. Game 7, right? They've got yep. Justin Williams. This guy has been nothing but a playoff hero in his entire career. Look, they might get swept, but I also think they've got the makings of a team that could go on a run here. It's funny. You basically said everything I just said in the first half. Uh, they could <laughs> definitely be swept, uh, but they could definitely go on a run. I totally agree. Uh, Peter Mrazek, I'm a Red Wings fan, and I've seen him stand on his head in, in the playoffs. Uh, he has three shutouts in 10 career playoff games. He's a guy that can steal a game if he gets hot. It's just a matter of getting hot, and, you know, they're, they're just such a good 5-on-5 team. They really are. Their blue line's good. I love Carolina in this in this, in this this uh, matchup. I might look stupid in a couple weeks, but I'm all in with you on that one. No, I think it's a good bet. I really do, and I think also, you know, if Washington were to win the first game, then looking at a series price, Carolina's odds will get even longer, so... You know, I think this is going to go at least six or seven games for whoever wins it. And I do like the Carolina Hurricanes to pull an upset. And what, the other thing here is that I think we've talked about it before. Any team that has gone on a run in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the last any number of years, really, has had to use two goaltenders. And I think Carolina is going to use two goaltenders, and I think that's to their advantage. Yeah, and Brindamer's already said, he's like, I don't know who my goalie is for game one. I'm assuming it's going to be Mrazek, but he said... I probably am going to use both goalies. So he's already kind of committed to it. He's uh, he's ready to go as well. Uh, Islanders-Pittsburgh. Barry Trotz faces off against the Penguins yet again. Um, I just I still can't believe that the Islanders have home ice advantage in this series. I can't believe uh, you know they went from being 17 points out of the playoffs last year to number two in the Metro this year. They're just too reliant on goaltending for me. What do you think? Well, this is probably going to be a relatively low-scoring series, and I think that is in the favor of the New York Islanders. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, even though Matt Murray was fifth in the league with 15 wins after the All-Star break, he didn't really instill a lot of confidence in me. He was 13th in save percentage, 23rd in goals against average over that time. And I worry about the Pittsburgh Penguins here. 
in this series. They've had to deal with injuries to their blue line a lot this year and kind of exposed a lack of organizational depth there. Pittsburgh, any year they go in the playoffs, seem to have a huge injury on the back end. So while we also have to look on the other side, the Islanders coming down the stretch weren't great. They were just okay. They have a hard time scoring goals. So if Murray is at least average, I like the Penguins in this series. But to be honest with you, it's probably one I'm going to stay away from until I see a couple of games. Because you can always get in later. Don't be fooled into thinking that, hey, i got to get my bet in before the puck drops in game one. You can always pick your spot, and that's probably what I'm going to do once I see how the first couple of games play out. And you're right, Barry Trotz is the X factor, and uh, he'll have his team well prepared to play the Penguin style. Let's move over to the Western Conference now. Nashville and Dallas. Uh, Dallas is a very interesting team. They used to score a ton of goals. Now they uh, rely a little bit more on Ben Bishop, uh, who's been outstanding this year. Uh, Nashville, another team, phenomenal at 5-on-5, five five, terrible on the power play. How do you see this one playing out? Nashville's minus 170 to win this series, and I think that's a little inflated. I think that Dallas is at plus 150. There's no reason that the Stars cannot win this. Two of the hotter teams coming into the playoffs, I think they were both 7-3 and three in their last 10. And Dallas, uh, you know, much like a team like Carolina in the second half, has been much better than they were in the first half. You know, I'd like to see a guy like Jason Spezza maybe get a little bit reinvigorated. Tyler Sagan, who had a decent year, but he's got another level to him. Um, I would not count out this Dallas Stars team. Uh, I think they could very potentially push through the Nashville Predators in the first round. But again, it's a series that I'm really, I'm really not sure on because with Dallas, you didn't quite know what you were getting this year. With Nashville, you didn't quite know what you were getting. So uh, this one, i got to be honest with you, I'm not sure on, but looking at the value on Dallas, they, they could be worth a look at plus 150. Yeah, if I'm filling out a bracket here, uh, I'm going Nashville. But from a betting perspective, there is a lot of value uh, on Dallas. And it's interesting, um, it looks like Valerie Nachushkin, Jason Spezza, and Brett Ritchie are going to be their three healthy scratches for Game 1. All of a sudden, they've got these kids that have come up from the HL, Justin Dowling, Rupe Hintz playing very well and maybe that's what they needed was just some some younger blood in there that are you know willing to try you know give a little more you know Nichushkin came back from the KHL didn't even score a goal all year uh, maybe mm-hmm. these younger guys is what they need and it's not a bad thing to have Jason Spezza to fall back on um, if you know you need to bring him in for game two or something tons of experience and still uh, a lot of offensive upside even in his uh, elevated age but lots of value on Dallas yeah for sure and I mean I hadn't seen that that Spezza is going to start on the bench and maybe that's something that gives him a little bit of an extra boost. I mean, when he's playing, he's great, but I've seen too many times where Jason Spezza's give-a-heck factor was pretty, pretty low. But, hey, you get a guy going like Radulov, he can be a difference maker in his own right, and uh, I don't mind this Dallas team one little bit. No, and the one thing they really have going for them is that if they fall behind a goal, they have the ability to put Ben Sieg and Radulov together and they're as good and as dynamic of a line as there is in hockey. Um, so they have that ability. The depth might not be there, but they are pretty top-heavy, and, and they can definitely score some goals, and Ben Bishop's been great. And, hey, Miro Heiskanen, John Klingberg, pretty good blue line as well. So um, let's move along to probably my favorite series of them all, Winnipeg and St. Louis. Um, I was big on St. Louis's bounce back. Uh, I never expected it to kind of be as big as it was. Uh, Jordan Bennington, I mean, if he doesn't win Rookie of the Year, I'll be stunned. He's just been lights out. Um, I'm all in on St. Louis. Where do you see this one going? Funny you say that. So am I. I, They're plus 100 right now for Game 1. 
and St. Louis minus 125 to win this series, even though Winnipeg is the higher seed. I'm right there with you on this. The Blues were 35, 15, and 5 since December 8th. So Winnipeg played all their games against the Blues before that. Yep. The Jets come in losing six of nine games. And I can't count how many times I saw a post-game press conference this year with Paul Maurice going, ah, we weren't good enough, uh, not sure what it was, we'll be better tomorrow. And it keeps happening. Yep. And I don't think they have, you know, Connor Hellebuck and uh, Laurent Boissois. Nah, they're okay, but I don't think anyone's kind of stood up in the way that now St. Louis with Jordan Bennington and Jake Allen have two number one options, and I'm with you. I love the Blues here. I think the price is great at minus 125, and I think St. Louis actually has a decent path to the Stanley Cup final. I really, really, really do. I think if they get through this series, I think they, then they play the winner of Nashville-Dallas, and by the time you get to the conference final, you've got all those teams that are beating up on each other in the Pacific, so... I do not mind the St. Louis Blues one little bit. It's honestly, it's like you listened to the first half of the podcast before you came I on. Didn't. I'm literally, <laughs> I have the Blues going all the way to the finals against uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we're all in, that's for sure. Hey, as soon as they called up Jordan Binnington, they were literally the number one team in the NHL. Like, no one's coming in hotter than the Blues. Uh, that Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Shen line's absolutely on fire. And it's just, it, can Binnington carry his success into the playoffs? That's the only big question mark. You know, I think their biggest hurdle is the Jets. If they get by the Jets, they can, like you said, they have a pretty easy path. Not easy, but I think that they have a better, they match up better against both the Stars and the Predators to at least get to the conference finals if they can get by the Jets. Uh, Calgary, Colorado. Calgary had a phenomenal season, uh, but goaltending remains a big question mark for them. Um, Same can be said about Colorado as well. Grubauer looks like the game one starter. Looks like Mike Smith for Calgary. Who do you like in this one? Is it all Calgary? Yeah, I mean, from a series perspective, this is another one where I think you'd have to try and pick the number of games. And that's a little bit of a scary proposition. I've got Calgary at minus 230, Colorado plus 190. So, you know, I do think the Flames get through this series. But Mike Smith, we were just talking about this at the Odd Shark office earlier today. Mike Smith is good for one a game where he just passes the puck out into the slot and he's back <laughs> behind the net. And that's no good in the playoffs. I mean, Calgary's been able to score their way out of trouble this year. And I really think they do have a good team. But I do agree with you that I think goaltending is going to be what sinks them in the end. They have a really nice roster. I think they win this series. And I, I think they run up against Vegas in the second round. And I don't know that they would get past Vegas in a seven-game series. But again, something else we'd talk about. But yeah, I'm all on the Flames in the first round here over the Avalanche. Sounds like our bracket is the exact same outside of the Bruins and Maple Leafs at this point. Because yeah, I agree, I think that they, they can outscore Colorado enough to make Mike Smith or Dave Riddick, whoever it is, a non-factor in this series. But as they progress deeper down the line, it's going to get more and more difficult. The The goaltending issue is going to become a bigger problem and eventually i think they're gonna run out of run out of steam uh but obviously you just said that you like vegas uh going up against calgary in the second round uh the lot, latest i've seen is that this uh is basically a pick series at this point um so you're leaning towards the road underdog but not really an underdog i guess yeah no i'm all over vegas i actually uh put more money than i probably should have on vegas in this series earlier today you know, Martin Jones' save percentage this year was less than Garrett Sparks. Yep. That told me all I needed to know. Marc-Andre Fleury, three-time Stanley Cup champion, almost again last year. He just rises to the occasion in the playoffs. 
San Jose has outscored teams all year, and they've done a good job of it. But, you know, it's the second season, and I don't know that they can do that. Plus, you've got the questionable groin of Eric Carlson. I mean, skating is his game. Even if he's back in the lineup, how effective will he be? Um, you know, you've had injuries to Pavelski. Joe Thornton's not getting any younger. So I, I think that the Sharks could be in trouble here, not to mention their history of bowing out early in the playoffs. I, I love Vegas here. I think the price is amazing. And like I said, I, I'm on the Golden Knights looking at a second-round matchup with the Calgary Flames. Yeah, it all comes down to Martin Jones in this in the series. Like, he, if he can just be give them league average goaltending, they might be a Stanley Cup champion. But he is, what's he got, like an 895 save percentage or something yep. like that this yep. year? It's just yep. so bad. Um, and, and you know what? And Aaron Dell is no better. He has had just as poor of a season. <laughs> so they, they don't have a guy that they can fall back on either. Um, I Again, I like love Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, I love the addition of Mark Stone. I think uh, Vegas's depth might not be exactly able to match up with San Jose, but the goaltending, I think, ultimately sinks. And you said it best. The the Sharks do like to flame out early. It's kind of their thing. So uh, I like, you know, another good season, early playoff exit would be good for me. Uh, one more question I have before we go, Chris, is out of all these games or out of all these series, what is your favorite first-round bet? My favorite first-round bet? Yes. Uh, it's the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. I, I'd like to think the Winnipeg Jets are going to go on another run because – that was really cool last year and everything that was going on in Winnipeg, but I, I just don't see it happening. You know, Buff's been hurt a lot this year. If he was to go out, then they're definitely done. And St. Louis, like you said, they've been they've been good. They're deep. You know, they got guys that have been there, done that. You know, I hate to give too much credit to a guy like Tyler Bozak, but he's been through it all. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, and we haven't even talked about Alex Petrangelo. Like he is a stud back there, yep. and because they're in St. Louis and. We don't see him as much in the Eastern time zone. But St. Louis, he's so good, Alex Petrangelo. So I think they're, uh, I think they're, I won't say a lock, but they're my favorite bet, especially for what they're costing, minus 125. I think it's great. Well, Chris, uh, the first half I really enjoyed, and the second half just reaffirmed everything I felt. Uh, we're pretty much on the exact same page, and that's great. Makes me feel a little bit more confident in my picks. Uh, hopefully we have some success here in the first round. Go St. Louis, maybe a Carolina upset, Vegas upset. I love all the things you're saying. Uh, I appreciate (laughs) you joining me, and we will be back again next week to maybe talk about if we were right, if we were wrong. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out a week from now, but thanks as always, Chris. (laughs) Very cool, Brock. Yeah, we'll regroup, and we'll see where we're at after, you know, two, three games in each series. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Okay, man. Be my fire.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.